0: When you are pitching your process to prospects, you have one job, to help your clients make a decision to move forward with you, and whether that's paid or unpaid doesn't matter, right? In a coaching session the other day, I asked the advisor, "You know, what are your current planning options and what percentage of your new prospects by which one? And she started to talk about her offers and it was really, really confusing for me. And if it's confusing for me and I ran a financial planning firm, it is definitely confusing for clients. She had three levels of planning and within each planning level, there were sub-levels and add-on services. So for example, if you were moderate complexity, which what does that even mean? there was a moderate plan. And if you wanted to add on estate planning, it was an additional $1,000. Or if you wanted to add on a benefit package analysis, it was an additional $200. There were levels and sub-levels and add-ons. It required an engineering background to read the planning matrix. I'm not maybe explaining this very well, but if you could see it, it's just that it didn't make any sense to me. And I have an engineering background and I was a financial planner. So today we're gonna get crystal clear on your offers. We're gonna combat decision fatigue, analysis paralysis, and indecision in your clients and really uncover where you might be causing client confusion. And I know you're here listening to this podcast because you know it's possible to have that dream business and still have energy left over for your family at the end of the day. You know what I'm talking about, right? The business that you are running instead of it running you. If you're new to the Efficient Advisor, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Libby Grywey. And I started, built, and sold by age 37, a 100% referral only planning practice that I grew to seven figures as a solo advisor in a broker dealership all while working just three days a week and taking off 14 weeks a year to lean into being a mom, a wife, a friend, a sister, a daughter, and frankly, a travel-obsessed human. So I'm just here to walk alongside you as you grow your business, right, and show you how to do exactly the same thing and to really help you take immediate action and decide on what are the most important strategies for you for scaling, organizing, and really creating less stress and overwhelm in your business. We are about to transform your practice, so move over exhaustion and advisor ADD. It is time to take that one right next step to build a business and a life that you love. Okay, so going back to the example that I was giving in the intro with the advisor that I was working with, as I really poked and kind of prodded her a bit it ultimately seemed like she essentially was doing custom pricing based on what she thought the clients needed and what they were willing to pay. It was weird and it was confusing. And her close rate on all of these options was really low. And I completely understand where this comes from, right? You create your first offer and you do that a few times for people. You know, you create Another client comes in and you create another offer for them because they want to do something slightly different. So you modify for that person and it becomes something now that you offer as well. And then another prospect doesn't want either of those first two options. They want something else and you create an offer for them too. And it just, it honestly kind of snowballs from there. And this is completely normal. Listen, here are my people. You are the ones who hustle to build your business. You are so busy running at a breakneck speed, trying to learn all the things about planning and investments, and you're prospecting like crazy. You're trying to pay your mortgage and feed your family and really just make it in this business. And at some point you realize, okay, I'm good, Whew, I'm gonna make it. And you look back over your shoulder and realize you've created a beast of a business. One that lacks systems and processes, one that doesn't really have a lot of thought and rationale behind everything. It's just kind of messy. And you know that you really need to take the running the business part of the business seriously and get it under control. I know this because that was me. I had a crazy start with Amazing growth. Amazing growth, and I can remember the exact day sitting at my office on Wall Street. Now, and that's Wall Street in Loveland, Ohio, (laughs) to be totally clear. My grandma used to like love telling people that she had a Wall Street advisor for a granddaughter, which is hilarious. Um, But I can remember sitting at my desk and thinking, "Okay, I think I need to review with the so and so's, but I have no idea when I was supposed to do that or when I should be doing that." Or I told the so and so's that we'd meet quarterly. And then I had that uh oh, like oh crap moment. While I was making money and feeling successful, I had to have a plan in place to like service these clients that I was rapidly bringing on. And I had to really peel it all the way back and start creating some efficiencies and processes, or this business would eat me alive. And I know there's a lot of you out there feeling the same way because you reach out to me and you tell me these things. And I've coached hundreds and hundreds of advisors over the last seven or eight years, and it's not an uncommon story. So I really want to normalize that for you, that if you're experiencing kind of that messy middle where you're feeling like, okay, I I should have this under control. Like, look at my numbers, look how I'm doing, look at my AUM, look at my whatever. And you feel like it's kind of messy. So I just, I want to let you know that it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. In fact, you are on a great track, right? You're doing the right thing. Anyways, this is how having too many offers or options happens. You are doing the hustle and you're customizing and you're throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks and that's all good. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You want to start, or I should say you typically start with a scarcity mentality. You don't want to start with a scarcity mentality. You typically do, Right. And you wanna have an offer for everyone, so you experiment. And it takes a while for you to figure out your specialty, your niche, the type of planning that you genuinely love, love doing, and the type of planning that you don't love, love doing. And you start off playing it a little safe by doing all of the things. And as your business matures, you start to lose that scarcity mentality and you pick up a craving for a certain type of work. You figure out what you have the most fun doing, where you make a great profit, and really what products and services you like to use best and how you best help people and really what differentiates you from other advisors. You start to get it. But you know, again, I just really wanna normalize this part of building a business. None of us popped out of the womb knowing how to run a financial planning firm from the business side of things. So everyone, and I mean everyone, hits a point where they just say, Oh crap. Okay. So let's just get back on track here. And one of those things I see is this idea of having a confusing offer matrix. And it happens a lot. When you hit this oh crap point, it's usually time to simplify. And that's important for so many reasons. If you want to scale your business in a profitable way, you need to have clear offers and then a clear process to execute those offers that you can scale. So today we're focusing on the offer side of things. I have other episodes about defining your process and narrowing your focus and all that good stuff. So today we're going to stay focused solely on how your prospects buy into your planning process. When a prospect comes to you, often it's because they need help and guidance. They've probably hit their own... you know, their own, oh crap moment (laughs) where they realized their financial picture is bigger than their knowledge, or maybe their financial picture is too complex, or it has too many moving parts and they are coming to you for clarity and direction, not for you to add a bunch of additional decisions onto their plate. Okay. You've heard the phrase decision fatigue or mental overload, or sometimes, you know, I call it analysis paralysis. All of these terms describe ways that your clients can become frozen from making a decision, even if you tell them which one you think is best for them. And I'm gonna say it again for the people in the back. If you have too many options and there's too many decisions for your clients to make, you can help them actually become frozen from making a financial decision or making a decision regarding what planning process to follow with you, even if you tell them which one you think is best. So, okay, you've been to a cheesecake factory, right? When you sit down, they hand you a 476-page menu with the widest variety of options. You've got burgers and bar food. You've got Asian cuisine. You've got pasta and Italian. You've got salads. It takes a ton of time to go through. On average, you probably tell your waiter you need more time like three times. Then you narrow it down to maybe 10 options, then five, then two. And then when the waiter comes back around, you just kind of pick one. And as soon as they walk away, you instantly regret it and wish you would have gone with the other one, (laughs) right? Your brain just freezes. So now compare this to when you go to one of those little foodie restaurants, right? That has a one page menu with maybe just a few choices. You know, you might look at the 10 choices and there might only be five that even appeal to you and you just don't have a lot of options and there's maybe only, you know, a couple that jump out, right? It's easier. And before you say, I hate those restaurants that only have like a couple of options, good. What that means is you got online and looked at the menu and you realized that that wasn't the restaurant for you. You found a different one. Yes, that is what we want. We want prospects to self-select. We want them to either be attracted or repelled. Okay, and again, that's a different podcast episode you can listen to. But the key here is when you're at Cheesecake Factory, it's a hard decision. Decision fatigue, mental overload, and good Lord, if they ask about dessert in the same order-taking session, bless it, right? So in your business, thinking about it from the client perspective, which genuinely is really how you wanna approach every single aspect of your business, If you give them more than three choices with different price points, they are going to need to really think about it. And then they think about it and it's taxing. So they move on to something else. And now you're chasing them around trying to follow up, right? So if they go home with your complicated matrix and they give it a couple of minutes and they go, oh, I'm just going to set this aside and come back to it, right? Then you'll end up having to kind of either re-explain it because, you know, some time's going to pass, you're going to follow up with them and you're going to have to re-explain it or they're just going to have a lot of struggle. So with this advisor, for example, you know, when I was looking at it as a client, you know, from a client perspective, I was going, well, maybe I could buy, is it cheaper for me? What's most cost effective? Can I buy the simple plan with these add-ons that I really am curious about is that less than if I did the moderate plan with one add-on? How does that compare to the complexity? And you know your clients do that, right? Especially, uh, bless them, those engineers and those analytics. I am included in that mix, right? But they're looking at that, going, "Well, which is the best option?" And you know, and keep in mind, you don't have to sell them on your planning in the first meeting. That's not what I'm saying. You know, in fact, often in our business, we found the best strategy would be to get them to select a planning option there in the office. And not let them say yes right there and then, right? We would still set the the next appointment, um, but they would go home and not think about it, right? They would stick with what they picked out in the office, but they still felt like they had the grace time to discuss it together as a couple or as a family without us staring at them, right? Decision fatigue is not helpful to them. It doesn't move your clients forward. And I know because you're listening to this podcast and you're in that you're in the business to help people, right? If you're listening to this, you want to be a great planner, right? That's why you're investing your time and energy. And you really want to make a difference in their financial lives and, you know, make a little cash doing it. Not a bad thing, nothing wrong with that. But you're wanting to, them to help you're wanting to help them move forward. So by narrowing your offerings, you're actually helping them make a quicker decision and really get the ball rolling in in some direction. Okay, so let's get into the how. And you know me, I like a good step-by-step of how do I determine, Libby, what my offers should be. First, it starts with auditing your existing services. What do you currently offer? Who is the ideal client for each service? What do you charge? Is that offer scalable? Of the past 20 clients that you brought on, what percentage bought which offer? How long does it take you to deliver, to go through the whole planning process, your team's time, your time, how long does it take for you to deliver the offer? What are the actual deliverables for your clients? like the number of meetings, the outputs, uh, the experience. What is it that they're getting out of each different offer? Like, what are they walking away with? And maybe you're like, Libby, I don't have any formal options I give people. Well, that's okay, I've got you too. So let's go back to the same last you know, 20 prospects that you brought on to your business and sketch out what you did for them. Do you see similarities? And I bet you do, right? So what are they? Can you identify... One to three options you could possibly provide people, and you know when I say three is the maximum number, you know don't break down your services into no more than three. Beyond three is confusion. But you also don't have to have three. And there's a lot of data behind this, and the answer is three. And I could link all of the data and explain it to you guys, but no, you're looking for efficient advice. So the so the answer is no more than three. Um, but you can certainly have less than three. And I really then want you to identify who is that ideal target client for each offer. So you are very, very clear on what service you provide to whom. And then what exactly do your clients get? You need to be very, very clear on this point because this will drive your planning process. And this might also drive which type of plan your clients want to engage in. And you also need to get really clear on what it costs, not a range, what it costs. People want to know upfront. No one loves going to the car dealership and having to (laughs) haggle, at least no one that I know. And no one likes paying a different price for the exact same product, even if it's just a perception that they could be being charged more because you think they can pay more, right? So go with a flat fee for each offering. And if you don't charge a fee, that's fine. The price is the same, but you still want to be really, really clear on which of the offers are best for them, what comes with it, what does that look like, what does it take for you and your team to prepare it, what is your standard offer. And practice your pitch of these up to three options to someone, (laughs) Explain it to somebody who has no idea what you do professionally. Maybe it's your mom, maybe it's a friend. And ask them like, is it clear when I explain this to you, is it clear what you get? Can you repeat back to me at the very end the three different choices that I gave you and what the differences are? And you know, ask them really like, do you see the value that you provide in each offer? So maybe, maybe let's say it looks like this. Let's say your niche is, or your niche, however you wanna say it, is divorce financial planning like my good friend Michelle Klesinich, who's been on the podcast. It might look like it might look like this. So and this is not Michelle's, I'm just giving an example if you've got this if you've got this niche. Option one might be pre-divorce analysis. Um, You know, the objective being to help clients get organized and understand their financial picture, to understand taxation of their assets, and to assist their attorney in understanding their financial picture. Maybe you provide a net worth statement, an education session, and one 30-minute review with their attorney, and your cost is $2,000. Then your second option might be, you know, all of the things from above, it might be like a laddered option where the next option includes something In addition. So the same as option one, and walking alongside them during the divorce process and providing continuing input and recommendations as financial decisions are negotiated, either in mediation or in court or whatever happens during the divorce. And that's $3,500. And then her third option could be, you know, both of the above. So the pre divorce, the walking alongside during the divorce, and a Retirement analysis, investment strategy, and planning for post-divorce retirement, and the cost for part one, two, and three altogether is five thousand dollars. Okay, um, or maybe you have totally different markets that you're serving, or you're still figuring out what your niches and who you wanna who you wanna work with. So maybe your option number one is a college funding plan, and you have a flat, I don't know, eight hundred dollar fee to do a college funding analysis. And then maybe your second offer is you know, more geared towards young families and you're doing a tax strategy and retirement analysis or maybe it's a benefits package analysis for employee W2 employees. And that's option number two. And then maybe option number three is for small business owners. So they might be very, very different. They might be like a laddered approach, like the example that I gave. Man, this makes me want to talk about so much more, right? To like really get into like, well, here's how you scale your planning and here's a deep dive into your planning process, you know, all those things. But ultimately, what we're shooting for and what we want to end up with is so much clarity. Clarity on who you serve, who you are, what you do, how you do it how you execute your planning process. This leads to clarity in marketing. This leads to clarity in referrals. This leads clarity. This leads to clarity in prospecting, like all the types of clarity. So, okay, how do you transition to your three offers? Let's say you either don't have offers or maybe you have a whole bunch of like kind of messy, you know, A variety of customized options that you've created. You do not need to go cold turkey. You can slowly eliminate one offer at a time. But this is really important where it's to track the data, right? To go back and see who bought what, which offer isn't selling. And then let's figure out what about it is not appealing to people. Do you need to make an adjustment or do you just need to eliminate it? right? So you can slowly eliminate one offer at a time. You can slowly start testing your language and start testing your offers and getting feedback from people and you can tweak it. And you're probably not going to get it exactly right the first time. And that's okay. This idea needs to be part of your CEO day where, you know, maybe once a year, I like to do CEO days quarterly, but maybe this topic comes up once a year for you, where you look at the offers that you have and ask, are these still the right offers? Is this still the type of client that we're trying to attract? Do we need to make any changes? Okay. And all of this clarity leads to simplicity and simplicity in your business leads to specialization. Simplicity leads to scalability. Your processes can be defined and streamlined when you only offer a couple of different planning routes. Your team can build the standard operating procedures and you can teach others to do parts of something when it's the same every time. You know, when you're doing custom everything, it's really next to impossible to scale because you can't teach people as easily to do parts of the process if it's different every single time. If you want speed and accuracy, it can't be one off every single time. You become dependent on people, not process. So if you lose that person, you lose all of the knowledge of how and what they were doing and how, you know, they, they knew how to customize everything. And that's really next to impossible to replace quickly. So what I want you to do is really kind of sit down and analyze your offers. Look at the data that you've got, who's buying what, and just make sure you've got no more than three simple offers, simple to sell, simple to buy and simple to execute. I'm gonna gather some different examples of clear, concise, well-explained offers, and I'm gonna drop them into a thread over at the Efficient Advisor community on Facebook. And I'd love for you to join me there and have some more discussion on how to stop confusing your clients and to help them make decisions on how to move forward. And remember, indecision is a decision, and it's your job to move those clients to a place of decision, regardless of what they choose. It's just critical that they choose something. Okay, so if we break this down into a couple of actionable items, really the first is going to be auditing your existing offers, looking for statistics on who bought what and what type of client purchased which one. Is there one offer that you have that maybe not very many people are doing that could be eliminated? So the first step is to kind of audit. The second step is to go in and simplify and get that clarity on each offer and what it is exactly. The third step would be to test it, tweak it, explain it to somebody else, get their feedback on it. Make sure that they could explain it back to you and explain what the difference is between the three choices. All right, so I hope that was helpful for you. And hey, if you're interested in getting your hands on my meeting note follow-up template and process, the one that doesn't require any more time outside of your meeting, the one that really helped me get to a place where I could send out follow-up emails with to-dos, with documentation, without having to see that file again after the meeting. It's a bonus that I will be giving away if you sign up for the XYPN live pre-conference that I am doing alongside Matt Jarvis of the Perfect RAA. You can use my discount code Libby, and I will drop that in the show notes to save money and receive this bonus. And I keep saying it, but I just want to be really clear. I am not being compensated in any way, shape, or form to do this. It's just something that I love, and of course I did ask, well, hey, if I'm going to show up and I'm going to pay for my plane ticket and pay for my hotel and come speak and do the thing for free, just because I love people. <laughs> and I haven't been to a live event in a while and I am pretty pumped up about it. Um, I want to be able to offer my my listeners a discount. So I've got discount code Libby, and I would love, love, love to hang out with you in Denver this October. And It's going to be a great day. Matt has all kinds of really amazing, amazing stuff planned and amazing speakers really centering around how to deliver amazing, massive value to your clients without working like a crazy person. So that's for me. (laughs) I love that idea. And if this podcast has blessed you in any way, I would love, 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 love it if you left a review over on iTunes or on Spotify, it would mean so much to me. This podcast has been, I mean, it's been such a blessing. It has just taken off. And the feedback that I'm getting from advisors is that every episode has something I can do right away that I can implement tomorrow. And that makes my heart really, really happy because that was my goal. I wanted to deliver actionable items not, I mean, I like the big picture stuff. I like, I love the mindset stuff, but really like what are the systems and processes? What can I create in my business to help it operate in a more streamlined format and give me the tools, tell me what to do, tell me how to do it. Give me the template. Like that's, that's my jam. So I hope this has been helpful to you. And if it has, I would love, love, love your feedback and your review. It means a lot to me. Anyways, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. I hope this was a helpful episode for you. And I would love to connect with you over in the Efficient Advisor community on Facebook. And we can discuss some of these examples that I'm going to be sharing with you. Have an amazing rest of your week.